This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. And in just a few moments, Stuart McMillan, president of InspireSleep.ca, will join us to talk about sleep apnea and other sleep issues and take your calls about getting a decent night's sleep, too. But first, here are some more of the top consumer stories we're watching this week. First-time home buyers are more likely than ever to ask their parents for a down payment cash. According to a survey from BC's Notaries, the survey in December found 90% of people polled said most first first-time buyer clients got financial support from the family last year. That compared with 70% of members polled the, from the previous year. Here's an interesting twist. Only 8% of first-time buyer clients got more than half of their down payments from parents compared with 19% a few years ago. So while more first-time buyers are getting financial help, they appear to be getting a lower proportion of their down payment over the last four years. The report says 59% of notaries said their clients typically get less than a quarter of the down payment. Uh, others saying their clients typically get 25 to 50% of their down payment. This is brand new stuff just out a couple of days ago. 75% of notaries in our province think house prices were an issue in their communities. Gosh, there's a shock. Only notaries in northern B.C. and the Okanagan indicated, quote, house prices were not an issue in their community. Lucky people. Notaries, notaries rather, also reported increased mortgage restrictions and lack of supply were making it harder for first-time buyers than in previous years. In the Fraser Valley, Valley rather, notaries reported more first-time buyers were buying strata units compared with other years. Will 2020 be a repeat for the bank of mom and dad? Well, according to our notaries, it's looking that way. News from U-Haul this week as the truck and trailer rental company has announced plans to stop interviewing and hiring nicotine users, including people who use e-cigarettes and vaping products. U-Haul International approved the nicotine-free policy set to go into effect on February 1st in more than 20 states where the company operates, including uh, its, its home base of Arizona, Alaska, Florida, Hawaii, Massachusetts, Texas, and yes, next door in Washington State too. People hired before the policy goes into effect won't be affected. U-Haul International employs about 4,000 people in Arizona, base and 30,000 across the states in Canada. In each of the 21 states, it is legal not to hire people who use nicotine, says U-Haul. Employers in 17 states are also legally allowed to test for nicotine, but U-Haul hasn't said if it's going to go there. The company expects nicotine-free hiring policy would help create a more healthy corporate culture. The company says this new policy will focus on the health of team members and employees while also decreasing health care costs for the company. This is not a first, but rather a part of a growing corporate trend. Alaska Airlines has been doing this since the mid-80s. It was another busy year for volunteer-designated drivers with Operation Red Nose, who gave up their New Year's Eve celebrations to make sure others got home safely here on the Lower Mainland. It's always the busiest night of the holiday season. The organization does struggle to find enough drivers. Demand was consistent with other years. Most locations running until, well, 4, 4.30 in the morning. Uh, still unable to get everyone. The Red Nose folks say a few areas that have had the service in the past didn't offer it this year, including Richmond, Del- Delta,
Malta, Surrey, and Langley, but they weren't surprised but disappointed also that the government dropped the ball completely on ride-hailing again this year. It's not a job without risk either, as volunteers in Kamloops were involved in an accident with a drunk driver on New Year's Eve. So tons of credit and many tips of the hat and thanks to the volunteers of Operation Red Nose for another year of providing a terrific service and a job well done. Those are some more of the week's top consumer stories. We'll check out even more as we go on through the show. But coming right up, Stuart McMillan from Inspire Sleep will join us. Take your calls and talk about ah the bliss of a good night's sleep. Stay with us right here, Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this cloudy but mild Saturday afternoon. The first one of 2028 degrees in downtown Vancouver. It's exactly 314. I'm Sterling Fox. It's a pleasure to say Happy New Year to Stuart McMillan, president of Inspire Sleep here in Vancouver and Surrey and White Rock and many locations around the lower mainland. Hi, Stuart. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sterling. Thanks for having me. I appreciate great. it. It's great to have you with us. Inspire sleep. Uh, let's talk about a good night's sleep because while we all know how important it is, Stuart, not all of us uh, are able to kind of snap our fingers at will and get that vital good night's sleep. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, There's a lot of different sleep disorders that are out there. Our company focuses primarily on on snoring and sleep apnea and snoring affects about 50% of the population and sleep apnea it, the numbers vary it's uh upwards of you know 10 to 20% of the total population has sleep apnea which can impact your your quality of sleep uh keeps you fatigued during the day uh, just overall lifestyle is improved uh, once you start treating sleep apnea. Okay, well, let's, let's just zoom right in on the problem then and talk about OSA, because that's the actual name for what we commonly refer to as sleep apnea, correct? Yeah, exactly. OSA stands for obstructive sleep apnea. Uh, w- what it is is, uh, is when you go to sleep, essentially your, your body relaxes, your airway starts to to relax as well. So, in uh, some people, they may have a, a narrower airway, or they might be carrying a little extra weight around their neck, which can cause the airway to obstruct somewhat. And so, as you start to to sleep, uh, your airway starts to narrow. Uh, your the the airflow that's coming through starts to decrease. As a result, your oxygen levels start to drop. Your mm. heart rate starts to increase, and your brain says hey, it's time to wake up and you take a gasp of air. And so you may not notice that throughout the night, but you're frequently waking up. So some people wake up, uh, you know, as, as many as, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 times in more severe cases, uh, upwards of 100 times an hour. So it's like somebody poking you awake and you're going instantly back to sleep. So that's why you wake up uh, quite fatigued. You feel like you don't have a really f- refreshed night of sleep there. So, so it can be impactful on your day-to-day life. It's, uh, it can increase your cardiac risk, uh, increase risk of a stroke as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. But of course, all of this, this waking up business, because you, you, just, you just talked about it, is that your body says, time to wake up now. Yep. We, all, we all carry this early warning system with us. Uh, we, it's, it's involuntary. We have no control over it. When your head says, wake up, you're, you wake up and that's that. And that's because your heart rate is, is doing something. It's just not regular. And because it's not regular, you have to wake up. That's right. Your brain is telling you to, to wake up because your, your oxygen levels, when they're awake and they're normal, everything's fine. When you go to sleep and it starts to drop lower and lower and lower, your brain knows your heart rate's working hard. Your brain knows, hey, I need to take a breath here. So it says, 
time to wake up and you take a big gasp of air. So usually the way you notice it as your, or your partner may notice it in, in the bed, uh, is, is you're breathing normally, a little bit of snoring, loud snoring, and then your, your breathing starts to get more shallow. Sometimes it's followed by a long pause and then a gasp of air. So, you know, that, that gasp of air can be a big audible gasp. Some people it's, you know, it's not quite as loud, but it's usually you're breathing, you're loud snoring to quieter, quieter, quieter to almost silent. And that can last anywhere from 10 seconds, you know, again, in more severe cases, you see it going to 30 seconds, 60 seconds. And that's really has a big impact on your body. When you wake up in the morning, you're fatigued. Uh, you just don't get that refreshing sleep throughout the night that you, that you need. And, and it's hard on your heart too, isn't it? Because you're again, it's this onboard warning system that your heart is is, is the the focus of. Uh, and if your heart is if if nothing is regular enough that the things can be at rest for an extended period of time, that's hard on the heart because it has to keep it keeps overworking while it should be resting. That's right. Your heart rate will be elevated. So um, if you think about it, if your oxygen levels are dropping, your heart rate's going to increase to 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 essentially pump all that oxygen to yeah. your vital organs. So your heart's doing all this essentially overworking throughout the night when you should be resting. So yeah, it's very hard on your heart. It can, and that's puts you at a higher risk for cardiac disease. So uh, it is an important thing uh, to, to treat if you do have sleep apnea as a result of, you know, that increased uh, heart rate there and decrease in oxygen as well. So when I was doing my homework for the show, getting to know about you and, and your organization, Stuart, I went to inspiresleep.ca, your website, uh, which d- describes the six locations that we'll t- tell everybody about in a few minutes. But the first thing that I get on the website, and before I have a chance to even scroll around or hit home or FAQs where I usually yeah. go, there's this thing that pops up, and it's an invitation for me to uh, to uh, get a home test. And all they want is my my address and my phone number and my name and get started. And you can actually test someone in their home sitting in front of their computer and determine whether or not they have a sleep disorder? Uh, yeah, a bit more complicated than just a friend of sure, a computer, sure. but it's a uh, little more than that. But uh, yeah, so what what we ask is if uh, if someone was interested in doing a, a home uh, a home test. So it, what's involved is you just have to provide us with some information. Uh, so we ask for, of course, for your name, your email address, and a contact phone number. Okay. And what we do is one of our staff members will will reach out to the to the person who's put their, their information in there. And we'll ask you a few questions to see if you're appropriate for a test. And some, you know, some people are, some people aren't, but if you are, we'll, we'll mail you out a home sleep test and, and a home sleep test. What's involved in that is you have to w- sleep with a, uh, a little recording de- device on your chest. So we measure your respiratory effort. We want to make sure you're, you're actually, you know, trying to have an effort to breathe. We measure your uh, your heart rate and your oxygen levels through an oximeter probe that goes on your finger. And then we have a little oxygen cannula that goes uh, just inside your nose and around your ears. And that measures your airflow that you're breathing in and out. So we can see if we're having any pauses in your breathing. Um, so we mail that to you. And then the following morning, you just package it back up and you send it all back to us. And then we oh, have... So it only takes one night then? It, it takes one night. Okay. Uh, you know, ideally it's, it's not a it's huge, uh, big, long deal then? No, it's fairly simple. Okay. It takes about five to 10 minutes to hook up before you go to bed and then you just sleep with the device on uh well you turn it on and you and you sleep with it for the night and then you shut it off in the morning and repackage it and just mail we provide all the mailing uh labels and you mail it right back to us we'll have one of our technicians uh look at the data and then we ask for your uh, your physician information we always want to make sure your family physician is involved and we'll send that information back to your family physician oh really so. oh so you get a home test 
that is uh, monitored by a technician at Inspire Sleep. And I would assume in the loop, along with you finding out the results of your test, is your doctor. Absolutely. Yeah. We always want to include the, the, uh, your doctor in your care as well. So, um, if you don't have a family doctor, we'll provide you with a report to take to a, uh, a clinic or a something. clinic if required. Sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We always want to make sure that the, uh, the family doctor is involved though, a hundred percent. And if there's further investigation, there is, uh, there are, uh, sleep experts that are in the community, sleep doctors that can, can investigate further as required. And we always encourage people to take that route if required. But mm. uh, if their family doctor is comfortable with uh, recommending treatment, uh, we'll go ahead and do that based on the family doctor's recommendations. Interesting stuff. So, so I'm back. I'm curious. Now you just yeah. piqued my curiosity. So we'll, uh, you, you fill out this thing with your email address and your name, and somebody from Inspire Sleep calls me back up and is going to ask me a few questions to find out whether indeed I might be a candidate for this home test. Yep. I'm curious about the questions that you asked. Sure. Yeah. We uh, first of all, we want to make sure a if you're you're snoring because snoring is a is a good indication that you may have sleep apnea. So we want to know if you snore. Um, generally, if you're if you're tired, if you're fatigued throughout the day. So uh, a lot of people don't recognize that. They just you know they live their day to day life just because they've being tired is the new normal for them. But, yep, yep. but we still ask. We want to see if they recognize that they're tired. Um, we asked them if anyone has ever observed them stop breathing and had that have that gasp of, of air that we talked about. So it might be their, you know, their their spouse. It could be, you know, we get a lot of uh, people who have like uh, golf trips or hockey trips or mm-hmm. you know they've you know a girls' weekend away and that you know their their friends are telling them you you know you're stopping breathing. You need to go get that check. So that's what we're talking about when you know someone's observed them stop breathing. Um, if they have high blood pressure is a good indicator as well. Um, if their BMI is over, uh, over 35, um, is, is a good question. If they're over the age of 50 as well, um, is, is what we ask if their neck circumference is over 16 inches or if they're male. So males do have a, a, a higher rate of having sleep. Oh, apnea. is that so, right? I didn't know that. So we look for around two or three yeses out of that. And then we ask the person if they'd like to do the test, we'll give them an option that we, we definitely can mail it to them or they're welcome to come into our office and we can ask them a, a bit more, you know, a few more questions. Mm-hmm. They can spend some time with our registered uh, respiratory therapists and they can go over questions just in the office as well. So we kind of give them a choice there. If they're local, a lot of times they'll come in, uh, but we're happy to mail it out as well. Well, it's interesting you would mention that uh, being sort of chronically fatigued is the new normal. It, Absolutely. Ne- it needn't be, but it's, it's quite surprising, um, frankly disturbing, Stuart, how many people are make the adjustment. Well, I guess I just don't sleep well anymore. I guess they keep piling on the work and not increasing the pay. So I just get grumpier or whatever. (laughs) But uh, we just seem to accept those kinds of adjustments and, and just become chronically fatigued. I I really need a vacation because, oh man, I'm just so tired. I don't, I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to go to sleep for a week. You'll hear people say that. We hear people all the time telling us they, you know, they head on the pillow, they're out cold, but at the end of the day, they're not getting quality sleep. So once they get properly diagnosed and they end up being, if they, you know, seek treatment as well. So we always leave it up to the you know, the, the person who's being tested, if they want to do treatment, we give them those options. But mm. if they decide they want to be treated, you know, then they can really experience what it feels like to, to properly be treated and have a good night's sleep and feel rested. So, you know, one of my favorite comments was, uh, was from one of our clients who said, you know, 
he's, you know, a guy in his forties and he, he, he told us he, you know, he's learned to laugh again. He's got young kids. So it's, uh, he, you know, he was kind of just cruising through life fatigued and, you know, not enjoying the time with his family. So it's rewarding to hear somebody say, you know, I've, I've learned to laugh. I'm enjoying my kids more. And that's what we want to hear. That's ultimately at the end of the day, if you're getting a proper sleep, you should be enjoying your friends and your family and, and not just, you know, like you said, being irritable or grumpy. That's, that's absolutely what we want to avoid. It's absolutely staggering how important a good night's sleep is to underpinning a decent life, a decent quality of life. If you, if you don't sleep well, then the rest of the day is it, it's, it's, you get through it, but it's not as much fun. As it 100%. could be. So snoring, just just for a moment. I mean, sure. it's it's funny because because if you ask someone, "Do you snore?" Most people will go, mm, "I I don't think so." And of course, you snore like a blinking power saw, right? But you don't know you're asleep. Yeah. So usually, you need someone. So when you uh, deal with clients at uh, Inspire Sleep, Stuart. A lot of these people come to you because they've been told by their partners that you, you, you should go see somebody because this snoring thing, it's gotten beyond cute. It's, yeah. it's gotten even beyond annoying. It's now serious. That, that's usually the cue to call us is if, if, uh, if they're being pushed out of the bedroom. You know, we have a lot of people that are you know, sleeping on the couch or they're in the spare bedroom. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's at that point that they finally realize, you know, I need to give somebody a call. I need to fix this. Right. And just at least identify the problem, right? And then and then you can decide on a treatment path that's appropriately treating your you know your sleep disorder. So it may be sleep sleep apnea and if it is, then you have options right off the bat to treat that. So yeah, that's a, that's a, a definitely a good trigger is if you've been uh, pushed out of the bedroom, then it's time to call us. Uh, it's, a, it's a meaningful moment in yeah. anyone's life. There's no Absolutely. question around that one. <laughs> talk about treatments. We already got a minute before the news, but let's talk. Sure. Let's talk about let's sort of sow the seeds here, and we'll we'll get, expand on it after the news. What are the treatment options for a person who is diagnosed with sleep apnea? Yeah, there there are a number of options. Um, I mean, the the main way of treating obstructive sleep apnea is through a CPAP machine, uh, and the CPAP machine stands for continuous positive airway pressure. So what it does is it it creates a soft, gentle airflow that just kind of opens up your airway, prevents you from snoring, and prevents you from having those obstructions uh, w- while you sleep. Mm-hmm. So that that's probably one of the main ways of treating sleep apnea. There are other uh, approaches to it as well. So depending on the severity of your sleep apnea, you can treat it with a uh, an oral appliance that just kind of opens up your airway by pulling on, like progressively moving your jaw forward, your lower jaw. Right. Uh, there are positional sleep aids, which can assist in, uh, in just preventing you from sleeping on your back again, more for mild patients, but they, they do work. It keeps you on your side and helps you, uh, you know, or prevents you from going on your back there. Um, and then there's lifestyle choices with weight loss and just, you know, better exercise and, and they do work as well, but it's, it just takes a bit more time to do that. He is the president of inspiresleep.ca. He is Stuart McMillan and we'll take your calls and talk more about a good night's sleep here on Vancouver Consumer after the news. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. It is the first Saturday of the year. I'm Sterling Fox. Stuart McMillan is president of Inspire Sleep here in Metro Vancouver. Uh, let's let's do the location thing. Your, your home base for you is on Fraser Highway and the Langley Bypass, right? Yeah, our, we have a brand new location out there. It's our, our main location now. It's uh, it's. 208, uh, 20821 Fraser Highway. Mm-hmm. It's just off the bypass and 208. The bypass turns into 208. So you can access us. We're centrally located in the, in the lower mainland. It's, uh, it's easy to reach. We have a 
large office there with uh, lots of equipment choices, and our, our therapists are there uh, you know, Monday to Friday. And you also have a, another setup at 64th and 176th in Surrey, and you have four other satellite offices that you share with medical professionals in the healthcare system around Metro Vancouver. So if going to Langley is just not on, if you live in North Van or whatever, you have a spot that you can get to much, much closer than that. Or Absolutely. And this is, this is the part that, that surprised me, folks. I did not know that they did this, but you do home visits. That's yeah. pretty rare these days, you know. If required, yeah, we're uh, we're happy to, to help our clients out by doing home visits. A lot of times it's uh, even just mailing somebody some pro- uh, a piece of equipment if they're not able to take a, you know, a day off of work, which we understand people have time constraints. So it's just we'll simply just mail the product out or if we need some more in-depth help, we, we do make arrangements to, uh, to do home visits as well if required. Before we talk about the, d- the different treatment options, and, and this is for sleep apnea and the CPAP uh, approach, the therapy approach, are the costs uh, surrounding these devices covered by Medicare or not? Uh, they're not covered by any government programs, uh, Minimal, I should say, really, but the, the most uh, third-party insurance plans will cover oh, them. Oh, like Blue Cross and stuff. Blue, Blue Cross, Manulife, right. Great West Life—they right. they do cover them. They're—they uh, they, you know range in price from uh, you know coverage from eighty to one hundred percent. Right, sure. So just depending on what your plan inputs is is what the coverage is there. Um, outside of that, I mean, we do try to really offer the best pricing in in. I think we're the best prices in Canada. So we do always stand behind our product with the best prices as well and the best service. So um, if you don't have insurance, we encourage people. We don't want cost to be a barrier to people uh, coming on therapy. So we try to eliminate that as a, a barrier to, to getting started on therapy. So if, if cost is an issue, you know, it's just worth a phone call to us as well. All right. Good stuff. Uh, wanted to talk about the mask. First of all, I should let you know, friends, that I've lived with sleep apnea in the form of my younger brother who has it and who is the world's loudest snorer. I can hear him from Peterborough, Ontario, some nights here in Vancouver. And and so he wears a mask. Now, he's had a few uh, uh, choices along the way, and he doesn't wear the kind of mask that a scuba diver or someone at the sidelines in a football game would wear. He wears something that has a little tube that goes up his nose. He says it's just more comfortable and easier to sleep. Talk about the variety of options when it comes to a breathing mask to help deal with the sleep apnea stuff. Yeah, absolutely. There, uh, there are a lot of choices for for the mask that that's uh, on the market. So the manufacturers are always doing a great job of improving technology. Um, there's three kind of main categories of masks. There's ones that cover your just your nose. Um, and that's called a nasal mask. There's a mask that covers your nose and your mouth, and that we call those full face masks. Mm-hmm. So you can gives you the capability to breathe through your your nose and your mouth. They're they're a nice choice if you are a mouth breather. They can be a bit more difficult to seal because there's more contact pa- points on your face. Mm-hmm. So if the mask is leaking, uh, it makes it harder for the therapy. And then there's the type of mask that your brother has, which is we call it a, a nasal pillow mask. And they're just small little cushions or pillows that just sit on the inside of your nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite comfortable. They're not as, as stable as some of the other masks. So it really depends on the person. So we always encourage people you know, to come in and allow us to work with you to get that correct fit. So it's, uh, that's probably one of the most important things in your therapy is getting the correct mask. Um, you know, to be successful at therapy, you really need to, to a have that, you know, the right mask, what your neighbor has, isn't necessarily going to be best for you. Um, so we encourage people to come in for that reason. Um, some other important things are just getting an appropriate amount of, uh, 
we have a little humidifiers that attach to the CPAP machine. So having a good humidifier is important and then also being educated. So, you know, talking, this is where it's important to talk to your, your neighbor or your little brother and talk about the therapy, talk about the things that have worked and you know, how it's made them feel. So, and also working with your clinicians, whether it's our office or any other, you know, sleep clinic, make sure you're educated on what you're doing and making the right choices. So whether it's, you decide to go with CPAP therapy and oral appliance, uh, positional therapy, just be really educated on what you're doing and understand the benefits of it. I have a friend in Calgary who's a dentist uh, who became involved with sleep uh, disorders a few years ago. And he went down to Dallas and got involved with a company down there that makes these oral appliances that mm-hmm. are, that work for some people. And he was thrilled because he got the rights for the province of Alberta for this particular province. He was early uh, on. But a lot of, you share office space in White Rocket in one building with a dentist. This is something that kind of crosses healthcare delivery professionals' uh, issues, doesn't it? Sleep, uh, dentists pick up on it, medical doctors pick up on it. Uh, And so uh, it's uh, uh, talk to us about these oral appliances, though. I'm familiar with the mask because I have it in my family. My brother needs one. But how effective is uh, one of these uh, oral devices that you just, you wear like a, a kind of a denture, like a hockey player would wear to save his teeth while he's playing? hockey right yeah, exactly yeah an oral appliance the way it works is uh it's very similar to a a mouth guard you'd wear for sports yeah uh, the one thing that's different is it actually will pull your lower jaw slightly forward and that's what opens up your airway so uh they do work very well for mild sleep apnea patients so if you have more severe sleep apnea it can be uncomfortable to wear because you're pulling your jaw too far far forward which can cause uh you know muscle pain in your face so you just want to be really cautious of uh of how far you're pulling it forward Mm -hmm. so anytime an oral appliance we ask that uh you know we recommend it to a dentist so someone like your friend in calgary who who makes these oral appliances exactly yeah we we wouldn't make those ourselves but we'd recommend them out to a a dentist who uh who can can make those for you. So, so for some uh, for some sufferers of sleep apnea, mild cases particularly, then Stuart, that option works. Yeah, yeah, that, absolutely. So if you're mild, if you don't have a lot of uh, full closures of your airway, it can be appropriate uh, way of treating sleep apnea. So in those cases, we if, if it's something somebody was interested in, we would recommend them to a dentist, and the dentist can uh, you know do a proper oral exam and make sure they're appropriate to have an oral appliance. So just depending on the type of dental work some people have, they're not appropriate candidates. Sure, or if, yeah. you know if they're grinding their teeth too much, mm-hmm. we want to make sure that that is an appropriate form of treatment. So uh, we would just ask that you ask us about it, and then we can recommend you uh, to, to a dentist that does that uh, type of therapy. Education is a very key component to uh, dealing with sleep disorders of any description because the more you understand why you're not sleeping, the more you're able to remedy those conditions and improve your possibility of at least catching a good night's sleep every now and then. The goal, of course, every night should be a good night's sleep. Every night should be a good night's sleep. So yeah, if you are concerned about it, I mean, there's a lot of information on the internet. There's lots of great support groups out Mm -hmm. there. Um, I mean, talking to your friends who have the disorder, any kind of sleep apnea and are currently being treated, they're, you know, all great resources. Um, you know, the one thing I always caution people as well is just um, there is a lot of information out there, but talk to your experts, talk to your medical doctors, talk to your family doctor. If, you know, if they can't give you the answers, they can refer you to sleep experts as well. I mean, we're, we're a medical uh, clinic that that treats, we're not doctors at our clinic, but we uh, we provide the equipment. So if there's you know more information that's required, we always encourage you guys or the clients to go to 
to their family doctor and then potentially to a sleep doctor if they require more information or further investigation. So uh, sometimes, you know, we don't have all the answers. So we would like to, you know, make sure that the patient can get that information from their their family doctor or from a sleep expert. Well, and education is is so important because uh, even even if you do, for example, become you go through this form, you 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 take the home test. Somebody from Inspire Sleep calls you up and you respond to the questions. You go through the the testing process and you discover yes, I do have sleep apnea. So okay, now I got now I got to get one of those things, and I'm sure. More than a few people over your years in this business, Stuart, have come to you and said, I can't imagine. I can't imagine for one second getting a decent night's sleep with that stuff on my face. Not a, no chance. No way. I think it happens on every patient that walks through the door. I mean, nobody wants to go from sleeping with, you know, nothing attached to them to having a mask on their face and, you know, eight hours a night. But I mean, the one thing we tell people is there is an adjustment period. It's not going to be if you're first night on it and you feel fantastic, that's unbelievable. Right, right. But it's it's lucky, but it's not every single person. There there is an adjustment period. And that's where our staff comes in, 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 in place. They're, you know, used to working with patients who have struggled with, you know, getting a good mask fit. So that first mask that you try on the first night may not be the right one. So we switch it out for a different mask. Sure. So it's just continually working with the person to make sure they get that, that correct fit. And over time, so I have people who tell me, you know, it didn't work for a year. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the light bulb came on and boom, it worked a hundred percent. And it was, they felt a thousand times better. Usually we see people improve over a two to four week period of time, though. That that's pretty normal. The odd time it's the first night, and that's you know that's unbelievable if that happens. Exactly. Yeah. But the, the the point here, I guess, being that it's not necessarily one size fits all. In fact, it's exactly the opposite. So if size A doesn't work for you on the first night. Uh, it size another size will it may take a few more nights but consider the payoff That's when right. you finally when that light bulb finally goes off you're going to have a sleep like you've been dreaming you <laughs> want to have uh, for months absolutely yeah it's uh, it's important to stick with it i mean it's uh just Keep at it. Don't give up on therapy. That's uh, that's a really important fact. Is just just stay with it. It will work. I mean, wearing a CPAP, it works a hundred percent of the time. But you have to wear it. You have to stick with it. Right, right. So. I, and again, you and this uh, people come to you with sort of challenging you. Oh yeah, sure. Like you, you go ahead, sell me on one of these things because I can't imagine myself uh, sleeping with one of those things on. You hear that more often than not. We hear it all the time. Yeah. We hear people come in and they, you know, they wear it and they, you know, the common questions are, you know, do I have to wear this every night? Um, yeah. If it's going to work, you have to wear it every night. Do I have to take it on vacation? Do I have to take it on business trips? hundred percent. I mean, if you want to have a good night's sleep consistently, you wear it every single night. Yeah. My brother's a long haul trucker. So he drives literally thousands, hundreds of thousands of miles mm-hmm. a year and it goes everywhere with him in the truck and, and no matter where he goes, it's there at the yeah. end of every day and he sleeps well. So again, you know, and it's, he said, and he, as he wears a different type of mask than that full face thing. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that took, that took a while. It didn't yeah. happen overnight. It took a few years before it finally, everything clicked. And Absolutely, now it's just, yeah. now yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. I mean, people will come after a couple of years of struggling with the wrong mask into our office. We refit them with the, with the right mask. And again, they just, it changes their, the way they sleep. I mean, the most common type of mask I should point out is probably the ones that fit 
over your nose. So oh. simple as you so know, it's le- not a huge more, thing. It's yeah, it's really quite simple now. So over the nose masks are the ones that cradle kind of just underneath your nose. So really simple, lightweight masks. It's not a big contraption anymore. Sure. Yeah. So sometimes you see it is twenty twenty after all. <laughs> we right. are moving forward here. Uh, absolutely. So with miniaturization among other uh, things in technology. Right? Yeah. They're really really lightweight, small masks now that uh, that are quite comfortable. So you, you when you put it on, you barely notice that it's there. You said uh, earlier, Stuart, that men are predominantly uh, prone to developing sleep apnea does that mean that women don't get it or just very few women get it uh it it, it, it's more noticeable in men just because i think men have you know if they're carrying a bit more weight they might snore a little bit louder but we definitely see sleep apnea in a lot of women as well so you know unfortunately women get kind of brushed to the side a bit that they're you know when they complain about being fatigued they you know they they're working full time they're more responsible for the kids which is unfortunate that's not the case it's uh you know th- they might have a sleep disorder there so we do see a lot of females come into our office that have sleep apnea and they're slender petite females but anatomically they have a narrow airway mm-hmm. they, that's all then that's all it takes right it's all it takes so they're and you know they're just snoring as a result of of their narrow airway and having sleep apnea as a result as well so it's good to get checked don't push it aside just cuz you're busy working it's that's the the wrong apo- approach there but uh you know, just make sure if you're, you're fatigued, you're snoring, it's important to get checked. So, okay, let's, 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 let's end the conversation where we began. If life is basically a blur of chronic fatigue and you've just about had the biscuit and it's the brand new beginning of a new year and maybe time to turn a page for crying out loud, where do you start? Yeah, I would say, you know, the the first step, if you're if you're feeling fatigued, if you're snoring, it's as simple as coming to our webpage. It's inspiresleep.ca. Uh, there'll be a little pop-up that comes up first. You can just give us your name, your email, and your phone number, and one of our staff will reach out to you. We'll ask a few questions to get you going, and then if you're an appropriate uh, uh, candidate for a test, we'll mail out that test to you, and you can get started right as, as simply as doing that. So it's inspiresleep.ca, and just fill out the form and you're good to go. What percentage of the general population ends up with sleep apnea, Stuart? I, the numbers vary just depending on the studies, but it's, you know, in the 10 to 20%, I've seen some studies that shows it's, it's as high as 25%. Uh, and that's the full gamut of you know, mild to severe, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's important to treat mild sleep apnea as well. I mean, if you're waking up, you know, you know, five to 10 to 15 times an hour, it's still going to be impactful on your life. So whether you're mild, moderate, or severe, it's important to, to recognize it and find an appropriate way of treating it. That's still millions of Canadians, regardless of the severity of the condition that uh, are dealing with sleep apnea. Absolutely. Stuart McMillan is president of Inspire Sleep. You can find them online at inspiresleep.ca. And don't be surprised if you get an invitation to take a home test. Nice to meet you. Happy New Year. Come back and see us l- later in the year. Let us know how things are going along. Thanks, Sterling. I appreciate you having us on the air. Our pleasure. There's Stuart McMillan. We're back after this. And once again, our thanks to Stuart McMillan from inspiresleep.ca for a very helpful visit. Google Inspire Sleep Canada. Time for Ask Andrew with our new producer, Andrew Ferreira, on the mic. So the, the question this time around, Ask Andrew, is what's up with the new lighting at Porto Cove? 
Yeah, a lot of people don't really like this. And this is a bit of a selfish one because I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a science nerd and I usually go to Porto Cove, you know, it's between Vancouver and Squamish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for stargazing because it's far enough away from the city that most of the light pollution is filtered out and you get a decent, you know, view for, you know, what's only a forty five minute drive from downtown. It's also a very popular spot for us scuba divers, you know. Ah, so oh, you yes. were telling me. Yes. I have never scuba dived there before, but I you know, I would consider it. But so it, what's with the lights? Parks BC has apparently, and I've, I'm looking at pictures right now, there was a post on the Vancouver subreddit that show that they've installed a, like a bright white LED uh, street light and it shines straight down the pier. Ah, uh, okay. So if you're trying to do any stargazing, good luck because you, that pier now is lit up. And so there are people complaining about it. And, you know, my advice for all stuff like this is if, you know, if there's something like in, you know, your local park, your local, you know, anything that you don't like, write your MLA. You know, they're there for a reason. You know, reach out to the media. They're there for a reason. You know, if there's any complaints about stuff like this, reach out because these kinds of things affect a lot of people. And you're probably not the only one who's who's annoyed by it. Okay. So, by the way, quickly, very is there a surveillance camera attached to or with the light? Is that the reason that there is? Because no. there's a camera with it, too? No, not that I can okay. tell. It just seems to be just for lighting, oh, there you which go. has never been there before. So. Stargazer is a little ticked at the Porto Cove light. Thank you, Andrew Ferreira. Time for a couple more consumer quickies here before they throw us out. Canadian sales of passenger cars and light trucks were down almost 4% last year compared with the year before. Uh, according to De Rosier Automotive reports, it's the industry's rather first year-over-year decline in more than a decade. But last year was still the fourth best sales year on record. 1.91 million units sold last year, down from 1.98 million the year before. And here's a number we all knew was coming. Last year, car sales were down over 16%, but light trucks and, you guessed it, SUV sales were up a little under 2%. DeRosia says 2019 was a good year for sport utility vehicles, with Canadian Canadian sales surpassing the 900,000 units record for the first time ever. More than a million passengers have now flown out of Vancouver's uh, Abbotsford International Airport. YXX uh, crossed the million marker this year. Uh, The uh, numbers, impressive stuff, 467,000 in 2015. The first half million year was 2016, and now just three years later, over 1 million, which is up almost 19% from the last year. Abbotsford Airport uh, hosting uh, WestJet, Swoop, Flair, and uh, occasional seasonal stuff with Air Canada's Rouge and the uh, Island Express Air also uses uh, Abbotsford to transport passengers around other parts of BC. So YXX, way to go, another year and climbing over a million passengers flying out of Abbotsford International Airport this year. That is Vancouver Consumer for this week. Should you like to get in touch with us or have a question for Ask Andrew, the contact points at Van Consumer for Twitter Twitter users. And you can always email me, sterling, at cknw.com, and I'll be happy to pass them along. Join us next Saturday at 2 for another edition of Vancouver Consumer, right here on CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.